If a debate falls in the forest and no one pays attention, did it really happen? And who cares? I'm Matt Robeson. It's the Balance of Power Roundtable, part of the Beyond Politics podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, YouTube, Blue Amp Channel, Alicia Preston, our Republican conservative consultant analyst, and Paul Hodes, former two-term U.S. congressman from the Democratic side of the aisle. The big-ish debate, the first at least, debate of the Republican presidential nomination cycle happens as we record this tomorrow. Alicia, what are you looking for? Look, look, to be clear, Donald Trump is not showing up at this debate. I think that's a good thing, not for the obvious reasons that I'm not a supporter of his, but because he tends to take the air out of the room whenever he's in the room. And there is the majority of Republicans who are looking for someone other than Donald Trump to support in the primary process. I am one of them. I'm an undecided voter. And I am going to be looking for a few things. One, a candidate that can demonstrate to me that he or she has the experience needed for the job, that can demonstrate to me that he or she has succeeded in efforts of leadership in the past, and what they plan to do for the future which too few people are talking about. I want to know what you want to do when you're in office, not just why you deserve to be there, what you plan to do when you're president. And I'm also going to be looking for the candidate who does not go, I'm trying to say this without being profane, kiss Donald Trump's butt while he's on the stage. It's a strategy. I want to see the guy that's not afraid of a guy who's got no power, because I don't understand it, who can stand on his own, and more importantly, who can push all of that aside, even when asked. To say that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to tell, have the opportunity to tell the American people how I can make their lives better. Roger Ailes, the longtime Fox News head, used to have what he called the orchestra pit theory, which is if you go to a show, you're, what you're going to remember is the guy who fell into the orchestra pit. And so what you tend to do in these debates is you put all your eggs in the basket of trying to come up with a moment that will go viral. My point is, who cares about these things? Who watches? I, I, I watch them and I care. And you know, the best, you're absolutely right. But what do you effort... care about? That's, this is my question for you. What do you care about? Doug Burgum wants to win Alicia Preston's vote. I'm not going to make my decision based on this debate. This is going to be one part of a big picture of what I'm looking for. I've got five months to decide. I'm going to be looking for what I said. I'm going to be looking for what he actually stands for and believes. This matters. Take Vivek Ramaswamy. Forget the whole Trump second side of him. Pushing that aside, he's released some ideas and proposals I don't support. I don't support raising the voting age to 25. I don't support several of the things he's come out and said he likes. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, so Bergam or others, what do you want to do? Second, what do you but, support? But, but how possibly in a debate do you actually get to talk about any of those ideas. All you get anyone the, oh, second, all you get in these debates is whether or not somebody has the ability to either shout louder than the other people or insert themselves into this abysmal process faster than other people or somehow try to display they have a command and take over the room. I, I mean, don't think you have to do that. I th Look, one of the best debate moments ever wasn't a presidential debate. It was a U.S. Senate debate. It was a special election in 2010 in Massachusetts. Scott Brown was running. And he was at a debate. Ted Kennedy had passed. And so they're running for a seat previously held by a Ted Kennedy. Now, I was in debate prep for this man. And let me tell you, this was an unscripted moment. And it did go viral. And it went viral. And it said a lot. And it literally could have been what put him over the edge because it was a very tight race. When his opponent said Ted Kennedy's seat, he interrupted and he said, this isn't Ted Kennedy's seat. This is the people's seat. That was unscripted. I promise you. No one knew that was coming. It was him. It was real. And it made a lot of people. They were won over by it. They were won over by that reality. So those pure moments can absolutely happen. Scott Brown has a rock band. I want to know 
Is he any? He plays good? locally. Fun fact: He's hosting at his home near where I live, Doug Burgum, this weekend, where oh. I will be going to see Doug Burgum, and I will ask him if he will do a battle of the bands for the nomination process with the illustrious Paul Hodes. All right. So, just reeling this back for a second, <laughs> I actually don't mind that you guys went off on that tangent because I think it has as much to do with selecting someone who should occupy high office in That's America the point. as a debate. No, that is Paul's point. And Alicia, your story is interesting because it's both true and revealing. Moments like that do matter. And I would argue they have nothing to do with your ability to perform as a public servant in high office. It goes to character though, but that went to character. That does not go to character. That does not go to character. It goes to your ability to deliver a zinger. It goes to your ability to recognize in the moment, hey, I can say something that'll make the other guy, oh, they're being No, I think it was genuine. I think it was genuine. In in this particular instance, and we're going back 13 years. I paid for this microphone, Mr. Green. Ronald Reagan, those moments are pure. When you sit there and you let the people know, I'm with you. What does that have to do about with a guy with Alzheimer's disease being president of the United States? Are you talking about Joe Biden now? I'm talking about See, I'd be good on a debate stage. See, that's the point. That's the point. You just did a zinger, and it's like, it's genuine. But I'm not running for president. It is genuine. But yes, I'm not running but for all president. these people are, and Scott Brown is running for, and oh, good job. Golf clap to you. You said, this is the people's seat. It shows I'm... empathy. I look for that empathy. I look for understanding. And like I said, policy. Vivek Ramaswamy, giving him credit, he's at least released policy ideas. I don't support them. Well, can I ask another <laughs> question? Let, let me ask, can I ask a question, Alicia, which is yes. the Republican primary for president is going to be decided by primary voters. You have said more than once that the majority of Republican voters do not support Donald Trump. So if who's going to be listening to this debate, is it going to be primary voters or is it going to be general election voters? And if Trump is not in the debate, will the primary voters who are by and large a different segment of the Republican Party than the general election voters, because the primary voters according to the polls, all the base love Donald Trump. If he's not in the debate, are they going to pay attention? And if they're not going to pay attention, why does it matter at all? Because today, everybody already knows one thing in the primary. They know if they're going to vote for Donald Trump or they're not. They already know that. So Donald Trump view voters are not going to be watching the debate on large. The people who are in the other category, which is the majority, don't forget, Donald Trump may be leading in the polls, which I think are totally skewed because, hey, who's who's answering these polls? But he may be leading in the polls, but he doesn't have the majority. He's got the plurality. The group of people who don't want Donald Trump in the Republican Party is a much larger number. That's who's going to be watching. And don't forget, in many states, particularly the early ones, undeclareds or independents are also allowed to vote in primaries. They may be watching as well. Now, they may not watch this one in particular because it's early. It's still August. I think the numbers aren't going to be as big as they will be when we get a little closer and more uh, debates happen. But the people who are in the I'm not voting for Donald Trump category, that's who's going to watch. All right. Hold on. I want to draw a little fine distinction here in what you just said, because you and I are actually writing an article together right now. And what we know based on polling is that there is some nuance in the Republican electorate. About 37 percent of Republican primary voters say that they are solidly behind Donald Trump. And 25 percent say that they are dead set against him in a primary. The remaining 37 percent, some of them currently say that they are supporting Donald Trump, but they indicate that they are open to someone else. So what Paul asks is a fascinating question here, which is it's not just who's watching, 
But who are you trying to speak to? Because most people get their impression of what happened in a debate, not during the debate itself. The ratings for these things are actually astonishingly low. They get their impression from the newspaper and cable TV and internet online coverage that occurs after the fact. So what they're looking for is to speak to a very specific audience, which is movable Republicans, movable Republican voters. They're looking to talk to that 37% plus, as you say, Alicia, the 25% that are already against Trump. Now, your political hero, Chris Sununu, wrote an op-ed, the lead op-ed in the New York Times yesterday, in which he made much the same point that you and I are currently making, which is you've got 60 plus percent of the Republican electorate who's currently saying we are either against Donald Trump or we're open to an alternative. So what the candidates should be asking themselves today is, how do I convince these people first not to vote for Donald Trump and then second to vote for me? What is frosting you right now is the fact that there was a leaked internal, it wasn't really internal, that's a, it's that's a complicated a story. story. Yeah. But there was, there is a set of, of polling advice, of debate advice, that was given elliptically to Ron DeSantis by his PAC advisors, which says that his first thing that he has to do in the debate is defend Donald Trump. This is stupid. This is backwards. And it's based on a misread of the polling data. Because what you find is that 37% of potentially persuadable Republicans, 80% of them, four out of five of them, also chew trident and four out of five of them say that they would like to see the Republican Party defend Donald Trump. And so pollsters report that back to candidates and they say, see, you've got to defend Donald Trump. That's not true. And that's one of the things you and I are arguing in this article. We will get to that at another time after this article comes out. The point is what these Republican candidates need to be thinking about is how do I convince the voters that they should not vote for Donald Trump and they should vote for me. The problem that the Republican Party faces right now is a collective action problem because no one wants to be the bad guy or in Nikki Haley's case, the lone bad girl. No one wants to take on that heavy lifting. They're hoping that someone else will do it and that they will be left to just have to do the work of making the case for themselves. The problem is no one else is gonna do this for you, schmucks, okay? The Republican Party, listen to me, please. I am, I know, I'm a Democrat, but I'm trying to give you some friendly, well-meaning, I genuinely feel this advice. You can't rely on someone else to do this. You do have to first convince that 37% that they should not vote for Donald Trump that he is bad, that he is wrong. And as Chris Sununu says, that if you go with him, you're going to lose and you're going to deserve to. You don't agree? You don't agree that you have to first convince that 37%? Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I don't agree that they should address it at all. It's being addressed. Everyone knows what's going on with Donald Trump. You don't have to point it out. All you can do is get yourself in trouble. I believe what you, how you persuade, and I don't think it's 37%, by the way, that actually are with Trump, but could be moved. But let's say it is. I believe how you convince them to vote for you is give them a reason to vote for you. Forget the Donald Trump stuff. Move on. When asked about it, say, he's not here on the stage. He has his opportunity to speak. Let me tell you about me. Take your time to tell me about you. I do not think it behooves any candidate 
to talk about Donald Trump, either in defense of him or an attack on him. All that does is put a target on your back, and it does nothing to tell me what you're going to do. I already know. I already know that you're a little bit against Donald Trump. How do I know that? Because you're running against him in a race, even if you say you support him, even if you're Vivek Ramaswamy or Ron DeSantis to defend him. I already know you don't think he's the best man for the job because you're running for president against him. Just tell me about you. These guys have got to get out of the, of the Donald Trump way. They've got to get out of their own way. Stop talking about Donald Trump. He's one candidate. He's not on the stage. Tell me about you. you no, know, but that's the whole problem for the Republican Party. Nobody can stop talking about Donald Trump. Look at us. But they should. Week, week after week, I, I, yeah, after I just, week they, we're they, talking. They, they do we're have to talk about, about Donald Trump, agree. and I think they do have to talk about Donald Trump because he poses a huge threat to our democracy. He is the central evil figure in American politics today. His candidacy poses a foundational threat to to what we have come to take for granted in as the rights of the people in our democracy. And if they're not talking about it, and if they're not clear about it, then their wishy-washy what should be kicked right off of the podium because I don't... it is the central issue in American politics today. And until the Donald Trump issue is dealt with, Nobody can talk about who they are and what they want to do. Because... It does not persuade one voter. Not one voter will make their decision based on one of these guys talking about Donald Trump. Not one. Not one. It does nothing. They People either believe he is a threat to democracy or yeah, they don't. What the, what's happening? It's not going to change decided, because yeah, they, they don't it. agree with that. That 37% I said before, that's a bunch of hooey. Yeah, I do not believe that. People what's... already know. 99% of the people right now know if they're voting for Donald Trump or not. They may not know who the other person is that they may vote for, but they know whether they're going to vote for Donald Trump or they're not going to vote for Donald Trump. That is belied by the fact that Donald Trump has a 38-point lead in the Republican primary, right? If Says polling. If L- that, that leaves, no, it doesn't have a 38-point lead. He has, at least in the latest poll I saw, he has 38%. That's 62% of Republicans. No, no, no. And no, no, not no, no, including no. independents who don't want to vote for him. He has, no, no, it's not a binary question that people are faced with in this, which is, are you voting for Trump or not? 38% of people approve of Donald Trump and say they are definitely with him. And that means that there's 62% that's up for grabs. But when you ask them, who are you voting for? He's above 50%. He is, he is more than Ron DeSantis's support. He's ahead of Ron DeSantis by 38 points in the polling averages. Right and now, what I'm saying to you is nothing. This is I don't lo- believe these polls. I think you have to look at who's answering the phone when a pollster calls. Want to know who's answering a phone when a pollster calls? The vast majority are people who want to scream from the mountaintops that they love Donald Trump. That to me sounds like or a inside that to me sounds like a prescription for let's hope that the wolf howling at our door will just go away. Maybe no, look two years ago. Else. Look four years ago. The polls are wrong. The polls. It's an impossible reality to poll within a ten-point margin right now. It is impossible to because. Okay, the, let's say it's skewed. wrong by a. Let's say it's wrong by a ten-point margin. Okay, then oh, he's ahead by twenty-eight points. You're not going to convince me on this. I'm telling you, people are not the masses, the undecideds, okay, the independents. Again, a are not being polled, but the others are not answering the polls. If they want to leave it alone, if, they're tired of it. If Matt is correct, then this debate is a clown show and doesn't matter because Trump isn't going to be on the stage. And that means a majority of Republicans, i.e. those who said they're going to vote for Trump, aren't even going to bother to watch. Majority of Republicans have not said they're going to vote for Trump. I'm a minority of the Republican cult, a minority. 
of the Republican cult may tune in to see whether or not any of these candidates can do the worm dance of swearing allegiance and feel to Donald Trump and claim he's being persecuted and do what Alicia, you want them to do, somehow separate themselves from the squirming morass to say, and here's why I'm different and here's why I'm so great, to make them for, to make them forget about the Donald. It's, the cult isn't it, going to be watching because he Trump did a pre-recorded Tucker Carlson interview that'll be airing at the same time. And the cult's going to watch that. The majority of Republicans, excuse me, who are not in Camp Trump, that group is going to be who's watching the debate, myself included. Fair enough. But again, I accept your proposition that pollsters may be getting an oversample right now of Trump supporters. The polls could be a little bit off. They could be off by five points. I could even accept that they could be off by 10 points. You could have a five to 10 point margin of error here. But what you're consistently seeing, poll after poll, average after average, is that Donald Trump is up by 35 to 40 points. It's hard to be wrong by that amount. There is no disputing the fact that what Republicans are telling pollsters right now, despite all of their efforts to get as accurate a sample as possible, is that if the election were held today, Donald Trump would win in state after state. Now, in part, that's because the opposition to him in the Republican Party is split. That's what your boy Chris Sununu was saying in the Times yesterday. He was saying that the very first thing you have to do is eliminate like most of the field and get down to one alternative to Trump. And then maybe you can coalesce that 62%. That is true. I'm just telling you that right now, Donald Trump is ahead of a fractured Republican field. He and is ahead in the primary. If the primary were held today, he'd probably win. But we've got five months to go, and we still have to coalesce that other 62, whatever the percentage is, percent of people that aren't with him, because that is a big number. And I agree with Chris Sununu. We've got to thin this field, and they've got to do it for the good of the country. But this debate matters as people like me start looking and saying, who is the person that we can all get behind? Who is this person that we can coalesce behind and have him beat Donald Trump? Because Donald Trump does not have the majority to win in a primary. What he has Donald is Trump, in a wide field. As of right now, as of right now, what Republican voters are saying in poll after poll is unless they hear something else, the majority of them are going with Trump. Now, a significant portion of them are saying, we're open, we're open. But I think the difference that you and I have is that I don't agree that the majority of Republicans have made up their mind. There are a substantial number. Remember, we're high information voters. The people who are listening to this and watching it are high information voters. We've made up our minds, but the majority of Republican primary voters are not high information voters. And a substantial proportion of them haven't heard a lot about all this stuff, right? Now- Haven't heard, they, wait, haven't heard about Donald Trump? They've heard about Donald be... Trump, but they have not heard a lot about the various criminal cases about not true involving not him. true no it's talked about the regular voter at a coffee shop talks about it and when I, just for clarity when i said made up their minds i'm not saying they made up their mind on who they're voting for other than donald trump they've made up their minds whether they're going to vote for donald trump or someone else they 
most most people don't know who that someone else might be, but they know if they're going to vote for Donald Trump or not. And let me assure you, again, the, the, that's not a, a really not mathematically possible. And middle, really... which is the target, right? Middle aged women are the target in these races, right? Yeah, now, but you're we're, not we're the only voter. You're not the only voter. No. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. We're the ones for the swing voters. We're the, we're going to be the decision makers in close races right now. And I can assure you, my friends, I'm the only one who is in the political media realm at all. And every single human being I know knows whether they're voting for Donald Trump or not. Every single Why? human being that's I great. know. That's great that you have that sample in, in the pool And that's more you. accurate poll than what the ones where people have to answer a phone and talk are. Uh, okay. I But the majority of Republicans right now are saying, I am voting for Donald Trump. The majority, the majority. of Republicans in poll, yes, 54% is a majority, man. I haven't seen a poll that has 54% in a Republican polling primary. average on 538 right now is 53.8%. Every single poll I've seen of him, not including the maybe or persuadables and all that kind of stuff, excuse me, sits around 38 to 40%. That is not the majority of Republicans who are voting for him. I think you're referring to is true, and I know we're dancing on the head of a pin here, and we should move on. But but what you're saying is true that Donald Trump has 38 percent who are firmly with him. But when you give people the choice, who would you vote for in poll after poll? And you go look it up on 538 right now. Don't bother with Real Clear Politics. Real Clear Politics, by the way, was bought by like an ultra right wing set of activists. When you ask people. Who are you planning to vote for? Right now, it's down from 53.8%. It's currently at 52.5%. Donald Trump, that is an outright majority. You can't beat something with nothing. And right now, no individual, Donald Trump not only has the majority of the field, but even if that's off, even if that's off by five or 10 points, no one has more than he does. I so, don't disagree so, with that. That's why I agreed with Chris Sununu that we've got to thin this field because so the majority the, of Republicans want someone else, but they've got the, to coalesce the, behind the, one candidate. But the majority of people do not want someone else. That's the point is that you have to give them a reason to not vote for Donald Trump because all else being equal, this is like you took like, have you ever done curling? Okay. You took a no. big curling stone. All right. And you push it across know. the ice. Right. If there's no friction to slow it down, it's just going to keep sliding. And if nothing slows down Donald Trump, he is going to go all the way to the nomination again. First of all, national polls are absolutely irrelevant to begin with. And right. anyone taking okay. them is deliberate. I've been in this industry for quite a long time. If you do a national poll, you are deliberately skewing the electorate because that's not how we vote. It is completely and thoroughly irrelevant. Moreover, there is not a chance. Donald Trump has 62% approval in a Republican primary. Not a chance. I don't have to have a CBS network poll that's done nationally to tell me that. I have to have common sense. I have to be in the industry and talk to people every single day. It is not real. Those numbers are not real. And it goes back to, and I have done polling, and the problem has gotten worse over the years. Who is answering the polls? And that is where you get that number. It's just not real. And they're deliberately skewing it. I am in the conspiracy theory that the media wants Donald Trump to win the primary. Why? He makes a lot of news. Not good news, really bad news, but he makes a lot of news. Make no mistake, the national media would love Donald Trump to go against Joe Biden on a ticket for that purpose and that purpose alone. Alicia, as an American, let me say, let me just respond as an American without a party affiliation. And say, I agree with you. And I've often argued 
that polls are merely a snapshot in time and they don't really matter. And, and that's generally when I've been behind as a candidate. I was very fond of saying the polls don't matter. Just wait and see what happens in the end. And sometimes the polls are indeed wrong. So you may be correct. And it may be that the Republican Party is, can salvage itself, can stop itself from going over the Donald Trump cliff. And that right now, it looks like a CGI movie with one guy out in front going over the cliff and the, this giant herd following over the cliff. For the sake of the country, it would be good if you were wrong. If instead of Donald Trump, either on trial or convicted as the Republican Party nominee, we had a Republican Party that was a responsible alternative, that was a responsible minority party. All of us who care about our country and our politics would like that to happen. We just don't see any evidence that it's happening. And to the contrary, I hear your passionate voice and understand your values and your integrity about it. I just don't see that the polling or any other information supports that the majority of those who wear the R, the scarlet R, have joined you. I wish it was, I really do. I wish I believed you. I really do. All right, let me ask you this. You guys keep referencing the New Hampshire governor, which is where I live, Chris Sununu. Chris Sununu has been very critical of Donald Trump. He was critical of him before his reelection in 2022. And yet he not only got 80% in the primary, he got 62% of the overall electric vote. We all know Trump voters will never vote for someone who criticizes Donald Trump. So I'm curious how Chris Sununu, if that is all true, all those numbers being true, how he got reelected by such a wide margin, both in the primary and the general election. Am had... not right that the polling is completely wrong? No, the polling was actually going into that race very consistent and accurate. I'm talking about the Trump polling, because those are state polls on state issues. I'm talking about Trump polling. You guys are saying that the vast majority of Republicans support Donald Trump. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. True. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that our best information on the Republican electorate right now suggests that about that 37, 38% number, somewhere in there, is solidly with Trump. About 25% is solidly decided against him and that there is a significant chunk about another 37 percent that's up for grabs and the only thing that i'm disputing i think the only thing that you were disagreeing about here is you're saying no they've made up their mind that they're not with the vast Trump. majority yes what i'm saying is they have not and that some of them are currently in his camp they're currently saying all else being equal i'm going to vote for trump some of them are still open to him unless they see something else that convinces them. And some of them are, they're drifting away. They're not there yet. And so my whole point, we started by talking about the debate. And I don't expect the Republican candidates running for president to do this. Because like I said, they're all hoping someone else will do it. There is the Homer Simpson trash commissioner line. It's like, can't somebody else do it? No one wants to go in and do the dirty work of trying to stop Trump. And we think that someone else in the Republican Party is going to have to do that task. But make no mistake, those voters do need to hear the case. They do need to be put off Trump. Some of them are there. Some of them are not. And they're going to need to hear the case. Why not Trump? Why somebody else? And one of the biggest problems that the Republican Party has had so far is that no one has presented themselves as an attractive alternative. We've already gone through on this show my analysis of the polling thus far, but anyone can look at this. Just look with your own eyes. 
for anyone who's still kidding themselves with this bullshit, lazy media narrative that these indictments are helpful for Trump, just look at the line. Just look at his national polling average and look at Ron DeSantis's. They are mirror freaking images of one another. Donald Trump's rise in the polls over the last four months is directly correlated poll for poll with Ron DeSantis's fall in the polls. The biggest thing helping Donald Trump is not the indictments. The indictments are not good for him. What's helping him is that there is no strong alternatives that Republicans want to say that they're voting for. And so, again, the biggest job of these Republican candidates is they have got to grab that 37%. They, the Republican Party, not the candidates individually, but the Republican Party overall has got to convince that 37% to break away finally from Trump. And then those individual candidates have got to say, here's why I am a good alternative. That's what they need to do tomorrow. All right, look what I just did. I filibustered my way to the last word. You know what? We wanted to talk about some other stuff, but we had prattled on so long about this freaking debate that I feel like we should end this show while we're behind. We may have some interesting stuff going during the debate. And of course, we'll have plenty of analysis after the fact. Paul and Alicia, I'm Matt Robeson. We will see you next time.